Hello and welcome to the Upfront and Unfiltered podcast. I'm your host, Dean Turton, and this week I am joined by what many think is a one-club man, one-club football man, Paul Healy, Corinthians through and through, although he does have a bit of bradding in him these days. He did play for them last season, honestly. He's also probably most known for being the chairman of the Craig's Heartstrong Foundation and the fantastic work they do. So, Healy, how are you, mate? Yeah, all good. Thanks, mate. Yeah, thank you very much for inviting me. Let me start off by saying thank you very much for the work that you do. I know you're pretty new to it and you've you've took off pretty pretty quickly and you're loving putting a bit more back into Manx football. It's better than it, being the gobshite I was. Yeah, 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 you could say so. You know, going back over the years, if, if when we played, if we had the, the likes of yourself and Hattie and Gary Waitman and things like that, would have been great for us to, to be able to look back on things. So, you know, I've got a kid growing up now just starting playing senior football. So for him, this type of thing that, that you do and, and the other guys do is, is brilliant. So just thank you for that, first of all. Cause Appreciate that, mate. Really do. It's, and it's, as I say, it's just, it keeps me involved in the game a little bit. So honestly, I massively, massively appreciate that. Yeah, it's a lot of work, but it's also, you know, if, you, if you're into it, I, I did read there that you were losing the love for Manx footy. So this is, this is good. Oh yeah, it's, it's definitely back. It's giving you that love back it again. Back, yeah, it is back, mate. So I'm going to start here like I do with everyone. How did you get into Manx football? How did I get into Manx football? So, yeah, probably just friends back in the day because, again, the youngsters don't know how lucky they are to start football at under sixes and, and things like that. Uh, I think ours was under 14s, was the first junior football that we could play. So, signed for St. George's. You uh, you might not have known this. My junior under 14s football was at St. George's with Steve Lennon and, and the likes of Duna and Matty Palmer, the Starkey brothers, things like that. And we had a, we had a real good, real good scutch of, uh, of quite talented youngsters there, actually. Richard Clark was the, was the coach. I don't know if you've, you've ever Never, heard of no. Richard Clark. He was actually a teacher at Andreas back in the day. And skipper Pete, Pete Roney, I think his name works, works down at B&B or has done for, for many years. I'm not sure if he's still there, but he was part of the coaching, coaching team there as well. And, yeah, playing for St. George's at an early age got me right into, I was always into football, but like I say, this was this was the first time you could ever play. Yeah. And we were sponsored by the co-op. We had this beautiful home and away kit. If you did well in training, Richard Clark would give you a Mars bar. Don't think you could do that these no, days. No, you, you can't. You'd probably, you, get, uh, you'd probably get dunked. Yeah, it's that type, that type of nonsense nowadays, isn't it? But um yeah, a co-op pen if you could hit the crossbar at the end of training. You know, little, 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 little things, little things, like, things that. like that. At that age, age, it's what you appreciate, isn't it? Yeah, you know, it's, yeah, You're absolutely. not expecting medals and, and world beaters. That's, no, that's no, what we, you expect. We were, we were all under 14s, so it was, it was, it stood out for me. Someone like Richard Clark was a, he was a superb coach. Yeah. Superb. Uh, when I say coach, probably man manager more than anything else. He, he brought his on from being yeah. boys into starting to be men sort yeah, of thing as well yeah. and talk you through that. And um, and we got on with him really well, but he had that, he also had that teacher side in him. Yeah. Luckily we were playing, you know, we were playing in the, in the eighties and Liverpool were, were successful at the time. So that, that was something Spiritual. else that really got me into football. You know, Steve Nickel was my, was my hero back in the day he was a ginger-haired fullback so to me perfect was, for you. Yeah, it was the perfect fit for me and obviously going back through that liverpool team with john barnes and Ian rush and the players like that you you can't not 
you can't not get into it if you if you're watching that every week. Well, yeah. So it's you, like these you, old boys you know now, isn't it? You know that that I had the privileges of growing up with Roy Evans and Roy Hodgson. Yeah, yeah. you know, I, I had you know they were great people to look up and to aspire to. That's, <laughs> that's why I go play football on a Saturday. Yeah, maybe. yeah. That was when it all started going wrong, wasn't it? And yeah, uh, it, yeah. As as Liverpool fans, we had a. We had a we had a bit of a traumatic 20 years or so, didn't we? So We're back now, though. We're yeah, back. Yeah, Can't nice bother. to see. But yeah, St. George's. But then as I got a little bit older, a lot of my friends were, were at Corinthians, so I, I made the move over. Four, 14s to 16s was all over at Corinthians, and that's where my, my love for Corinthians just came from. I enjoyed a very successful spell at that 14s to 16s kind yeah. of age with with Lunty and Stewie Christian, Matty Cole, and uh, there's a there's a whole load of players that were there that were that they were all the first team. Keith Brown, they were yeah. the, the first. I think I was sub for for that team because uh, these boys that were a year younger than me were were so good. Yeah, and they they won a lot of. They won and you could play stuff, senior football then back then, couldn't you? At that yeah, age as well. Yeah. And I think I think now that's that's a difference, isn't it? I think with a lot of clubs, you had them lads that were able to play Saturday, Sunday. And yeah. it got them in, whereas yeah. now you can't. You're kind of hanging on to the kids as long yeah. as possible, and I like waiting for them to turn 16 now. Yeah. And if anything happens in between that, they go off to another club and you, you've lost them, haven't you? And so, that's it. Yeah, back then, I I turned, you know, the age you were able to play for combi and couldn't get in the Corinthians combi. So I just wanted to play football. So I went back. I went back to St. George's and played in their combi because, yeah. as you know, St. George's combi has never really been it's, the be-all and end-all of the club, has it? No. Um, it's, as as we're kind of unfortunately starting to see now. Yeah. If you don't look after the, the, the entire club itself, and and that's that's juniors and everything, yeah. then uh, you are going to struggle down the line. So I, I really hope St. George's can pick it up and can get players back down again because... They're a bit of a marmite. A lot of there's a lot of people love them. A lot of people hate them. Yeah, um, but I think for they, me, they could be a victim of their own success in ways. Yeah, they like, could be. But for for me, they they are a team that need to be in the yeah. It, they need to be in the league and they need to be there. And you know, people can tell me, oh, it's great what's happening. And I've got I've actually got a guest lined up in a couple of weeks from St George's, and we're going to talk all about that right. as well. So it'll be really interesting to get their perspective on it and. Yeah, no, well, it's, it's Johnny Myers is actually going to come okay, down himself. Yeah, so I think I'll, I'll be really interested to have that conversation with Johnny and just see what he says. Yeah, going forward, and yeah, I think because, a lot of people will be like, eager to hear that and see how he feels on it as well. Yeah, because like I say, the opinion is very, very split. Yeah, all, all across the island, you know, some people are laughing at, at their demise, but to me, St George's were a massive part of of when I played yeah, yeah, and obviously my junior my junior football was played there so I don't want to see them go I don't want to see them fold no. probably want to see them get relegated ahead of Braddon this season but <laughs> it's not looking likely <laughs> them, it's but, not no it's but not but to be fair they did I, I watched them on Saturday play all boys in the cup they got knocked out of, by a Div 2 team in the cup do you know what yeah, I mean yeah. and there was players playing for them Pekka came off the bench Myers started Chris Bass Jr. started played the whole game yeah it's it, they are. It's it's sad to see where they are from from what they've been, but hopefully they can they can resurrect that and get that back. Hopefully, yeah. And I know they've put a junior setup in there now, but it's it's very young, yeah. very young juniors. It, so it's going to take about 10, 15 years to to get that. You look around the other clubs, Onken, Laxey, Corinthians, even. Yeah, they've got all these sixteen-year-olds coming through. Braddon, Braddon did it a little while ago with with, with my young fella joining there. 
they only have two age groups yeah. of of junior football, but Braddon have kind of took advantage of that. All these sixteen year olds have come straight into the combi, straight into the first. Well, you team. look at the team that got them promoted, and like the yeah. teams, even people that score now, like Duncan Reid. I don't think he's that old, is he? Duncan Reid is. 17 yeah. yeah do you know what yeah. i mean most most of the boys now are, are they're just turning 18 this this kind of school year so if they can stay up yeah then brilliant even if they don't and, stay up if they can stay together yeah that's I, the main thing isn't my it? worry is there are a few lads there that that are good enough to move on somewhere else or maybe think they're good enough to move on somewhere else but my worry is yeah if they do go down they'll lose a few yeah but i can't tell at the end of the day, that's football, isn't it? It's if they, ranked football, if they, especially. Yeah, if they think they're good enough to go somewhere else, then they can go yeah. somewhere else. And, and like I say, yeah, that's what, that's why we got onto that. I, I went back to St. George's, played a season in the combi there. with uh, I was actually up front for a few games with Ricky Riley. Never played up front in my life. But again, it was just, I just wanted to play football. There was a space there, you filled it. Space there. The Corinthians combi at the time was very clicky. The manager was picking all his mates and yeah. things like that. I'm not going to name them, but uh, Billy Crow and Davey Oza Hughes and all them boys. But uh, listen, that that's that's what they did it for. Yeah, Corinthians, as you've probably seen over the years, we, we could play football, but that wasn't why we were there. We were there to we were there to party, really. We were there to go out on Saturday nights, and Friday nights. On Friday nights, <laughs> which is probably why we weren't uh, yeah. as good as what we could have been. We we did like a Friday night out. We did like a Saturday night out. Jefferson's, Jimmy B's, all that you know. Throwbacks there. Going back, going back to, to Toffs and Paramount and everything else. Para right. Roll out Paramount three o'clock yeah, Friday yeah. Saturday morning, and you roll it up the hill to play Geordie's it. At two o'clock in the afternoon. That's, that's exactly what it was. And, you know, I know there's a question coming later from Hattie and uh, these these are kind of the reasons well, for that. Not um, even on that question, right? I've got a question from someone else and I'll let you guess who it's from. Okay. 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 And you, you know this person extremely well. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. And it just says, how did you manage your football fitness regime? After copious amounts of cheeky vimptos and loopy juice, <laughs> that's got to be my mum. It is your mum, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't, did I? <laughs> that's the reason why. Yeah, loopy juice. So that was uh, that was a litre bottle of leafy milch wine that we used to drink before we went out. Dirt cheap. Yeah, yeah. Shop very, right special off the, off, off the bottom shelf. Yeah, and that was again. That was. She she knows because we had the deck set up in my bedroom and all the lads had come round before a night out and we'd be playing the nineties dance music and she loved it. She loved having all the boys round feeding us with the uh, with chips and yeah, uh, sandwiches and, and that. Get the yeah. oven on the little sausage rolls yeah, and everything. I think else she was more worried. She just wanted to line our stomachs before we went out. But uh, yeah, she's right. The cheeky vimtos were they were something else. A bit lethal. But yeah, that was uh, we'd go to Jefferson's at five o'clock on a Friday for for happy hour and then we'd buy a load of orange wicked just before the next happy hour that started yeah. so just before that happy hour ended and we'd wait for the next happy hour to start and yeah we'd end up in paramount and back back up in the morning and bit of breakfast and then up to play whoever we were playing so yeah we we didn't take it as seriously as we should have done at corinthians but that's not why we were there. We were there for a laugh with your mates, and it it was a friendship thing. Yeah, sometimes it was funnier turning up drunk the next day because we were playing the likes of the the Grand Slam 
Laxey team or, oh. or you know, Peel with uh, Nige Shimon and players like that. And we knew we were on for a hiding, but we've just turned up and try and enjoy it as much as we can. Sometimes we, we might get a we might get a surprise draw or hold them pretty tight. And then other times we'd walk away at 10-0 and... But you'd have a laugh about it. We'd go straight go... to the pub afterwards with, with, with the Peel lads, you know, yeah. with the with the Laxey lads and... Um, I don't really know whether much of that goes on anymore, you know, after games. You, um, you, know, you get yeah. the odd one or two, I think, that go and have a pint with the opposition. But we we would we would generally insist on the whole team going back yeah. to wherever the wherever the home teams ran. Yeah, we'd all we'd all fly back there and, and sometimes we'd end up out with the with the opposition lads. We'd we'd all go yeah. straight out from, from the Archie or wherever. So yeah, to me you know, people people mention football career. It wasn't a football career in Manx football. It was a football pastime. It was a hobby. It was something that yeah. made you have you know spend more time with your friends. And and we loved we loved all that. Well, that that rolls into that question from Hattie that you mentioned just earlier, where he says, looking back at your football and career, you played in five finals. Yeah, I'd only won one of them. Yeah, but you were promoted three times as runners up. Do you think you could have achieved more? Yeah, basically, he's calling me a loser, isn't he? Well, <laughs> a serial loser, I yeah, yeah. I mean, I've I've always when people have asked me about Mags football, I've always said that my collection of runners-up medals is is impressive-ish. Yeah, you know, we the the first one, he listed them all out for me actually in a in a separate message. So we lost a gold cup against Paul Rose in 1990, and we were promoted runners-up then. Yeah. We were then relegated in 2000. So, you know, we came up, we went down, we gave it a try. We had a laugh. We won the Gold Cup against Colby the, the next year. Yeah. I I actually captained the team for that. And Well, that was your uh, second question. He said, that is, that's when you beat Colby. How intense was your rivalry with them? Oh, we hated them. We hated them because... I don't know where this comes from. Because football, they, it, it wasn't Colby as a team. It was more... They always beat us when yeah. we wanted to win the second division and Colby were all, always our main rivals until old boys came, dropped down and came along. And our rivalry with old boys was, that was just as fierce, but actually a lot more friendly. Colby at the time was Robin Bates, Stewie Bell Scott, Wardy, you know, they, they're all good lads, yeah. but they were, they, they were on it. They were on it on a, on a Saturday, you know, for a second division team, they were, they were very good, and, yeah. and the likes of Robin and and Stewie Bell Scott left and went to to St George's, and we're in that very successful yeah. St George's team through the years. So they were a bit like we had Glen Owen Lunty in in our team. They wanted to have a laugh, but at some stage it came along, and they thought, you know what? I want actually, to take it yeah, and I'm actually I'm actually really good. So I'm going to leave. I'm going to, and and it was a tough decision. Glen Owen went first. And then he dragged Lunty along with him. And, you know, Glenno was very successful there. Lunty, unfortunately, didn't have enough time there to be successful because I, I think we would have, I think the St. George's bandwagon would have ro rolled on for many years if Lunty was in that team as well. You yeah. Because they were. They Started were, a bit earlier than it did, especially. Yeah. Yeah. And they were, they were an un unbelievable side, weren't they? But was the, my, my biggest moment in Manx football was probably playing in the FA Cup final. Let me have a look. The FA Cup final in 2000, 
two, I'm not sure what year it was actually. It was against St. Mary's and we were second division and we'd beaten Colby on the way. Sorry, not Colby. We'd beaten Russian on the way. Yeah. And the cup final was down at Castletown. And this was, Chris Feeney was in the team for St. Mary's because um, I think he played for every club almost on the island, didn't he, old Feeney? Did <laughs> <laughs> a few boxes, did he? Yeah. No, he was, he was a, he was a class player as well. He was and, an engine. Well, he yeah. was, he, do you yeah. know what? He was, he, it's like a little terrier, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. And unfortunately, they won one nil. So second division team going to the cup final. We didn't go out the night before because it was a big cup final yeah. for us. So we took that one a little bit serious. I think it was the first one that was live recorded on the radio. Now, Tony Meppham was doing it with the late... Won't be Jeff Cannell with it. No, it was... Apologies, my 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 head and, and yeah. names is Kev Manning, the late, great Kev oh, right. Manning. Yeah, yeah. He was... I think he was the island manager at the time. Yeah. And he was, him and, him and, him and Mep did the first ever live recording of a, of a, an FA Cup final, I think, or, or a final. Yeah. So it was, it was a big, kind of big moment for us. And for us to get as a second division team, like I say, with, with the likes of Lundy and people like that, we were, we were pretty chuffed with that. To get beat 1 0, I mean, Feeney scored the only goal and I was marking him from the free kick. So, He's never let you live it down. No, he's never let me live it down. I've never let myself live it down because I was pretty good. We we played pretty well in that game. John Coppel stood out in that game as well, so he tells me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we had Paul Davis, myself, Glennon. I'm surprised Davis wasn't too busy closing roads somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's he's doing a great job of that, isn't he? Yeah, he's, yeah. he's fantastic at that. He's yeah. a temporary traffic lights port. Yeah, I mean, it's taken everyone so long to get into work nowadays, isn't it? Because Davis is in control. But uh, yeah, no, we, no, we had a great team. We had a great team. And if going back to Hattie, yes, if we if we had put our mind to it, and I think that came a bit later on in life with the the likes of St George's. Yeah. There was meal plans being thrown at a few players and stuff like that. And that's when Manx football did start to change a little bit. The evolution of it sort of. Yeah. It went from a pick-up on a Friday night and a Saturday night to actually let's go and try and win something. It went from pub football to, yeah. you know, a little bit more of, uh, not. I'm not going to say semi-professional, but just a bit more. The, the attitude towards it changed yeah. to yeah, it actually... Did trying to win something, yeah. not just having a laugh with your mates. Yeah, and that change has allowed a lot of those players to mould into this FC Alaman now, which, yeah. you know, FC Alaman has taken away all the best players on the island, but it's now given the chance for, the, you know, the likes of my, my lad and these 16-year-olds, they're all getting straight into the team and it's bringing them on. And I think in another few years' time, we'll start to really reap the benefits within within the Manx game yep. that these youngsters are getting to play earlier than what they would have done. And actually some of them will start playing for FC Alaman as well. And you'll you'll just see this this new kind of generation of footballer coming through. I think it's great. You know, people people again hate it. Some people hate it. Some yep. people love it. Some of my mates are obsessed by it. They're down every week. The you know, the scarves, the hats. I've got a scarf myself. Not been down as much as I would like to. Yeah. That's a personal reason for myself because i like to have my tea at a very a very nice time we like to have our chinese at like half six seven o'clock every every saturday so. first person down in chinatown <laughs> you know so don't even phone them up anymore pretty, pretty, much, already. pretty much yeah but 
and that that is one of the reasons if they did start moving the FC Alaman games to a, a different kickoff yep. earlier, I know it would disrupt the Max game, which is why it's kept kept later. Oh on. yeah, yeah. But I don't know. I'd then be torn to go and watch, you know, my lad play at Braddon and Corinth, Corinthians when when I've got a free week to go down because I try, I still try and go down and watch Corinthians whenever yeah. I can, and and then you've got FC Alaman again, so. The, the Manx game at the moment, I, I like it. Yeah. I like it. So, well, but, that's it. So, we'll we'll just end. So, your playing days. Yeah, so... How do they come to an end? How, so, how my playing like days, end? my last ever game, not my last official game, because there was a couple of... A uh, couple of games I came back in when they were... They were not going to... They weren't going to be able to field the team. Mm-hmm. So, came back in. My last ever game was actually a cup final against St. George's, the, the hospital cup final yeah. against St. George's. We lost 2-0. I was actually man of the match on the day. And I had my young fella in my arms when I've got a lovely picture of the two of us going up for the manager, man of the match trophy. But yeah, wouldn't be as Hattie's question before that wouldn't be a highlight for me because it was because it win was it. kind of the last. Yeah, it was the I captained the team. It was my last ever game. We got beat. Well, well, probably was it one of my biggest highlights. Maybe it was actually when I when I come to think of it. But that FA Cup final down at yeah down at Castletown for us. Being a second division team, that for me was was something else, and yeah, we'll we'll never kind of forget that. But then I did, yeah, I played another game. I came back to play away to air, and I actually ended up in team of the week that week. And I thought I was useless, so I don't know who was picking it that week. And then I came back another game against Laxey, and I think we got beat about seven or eight nil. And Ashley Webster, I didn't oh. I didn't know who he was, but he scored seven. Or six. He was silly, wasn't um, he? Back then? I yeah. think, did he move to Australia in the end to play? I think like, he might have done, yeah. I think. I think he might have done. But in that game, I gave Johnny Callow the biggest dead leg of his career and he had to go off. And it was always going to be payback because many years ago, I bought these brand new Predator boots. You know, the, the, the yeah. Predators, they're, they're, the ones that are coming back they're now. They're coming back now and they're, they're, in, they're, they're in a lot of the media now, aren't they? How, how amazing they were. Well, these ones were, the be, you know the goat of yeah of the goat of football proper leather with the tongue on the tongue it. hanging down I had Healy three embroidered on them with the three legs of yeah. man and the first game playing against Johnny Callow it, it, it was accidental but it, his studs got caught in the tongue and it ripped the tongue off in the first game and I was just like you're getting it anyway I never I never never managed to get him so it took me about took me about fifteen years to actually get him back. Apart from marrying his sister. I was going to say, <laughs> marrying his sister is a little bit of payback, isn't it? Marrying his sister was a bit of payback as well, yeah. So, yeah, I got him in this game and he had to, he, he literally had to go off with a with a dead leg. And I felt a bit sorry for him afterwards. But, yeah, let me just say how what a player he was, by the way, Johnny. If it wasn't for injury, again, he was, you know, injury finished him off, didn't it? Yeah, and he played in... Again, another amazing team. But even when he wasn't in that amazing team, he was still firing the goals in. Yeah. He, he actually, Danny Oram this season has reminded me of Johnny Callow because he's got that kind of, he's got that same that that same kind of glide across the pitch when he's when he's running and some of his finishing is superb. And uh, yeah, the the couple of games that I have seen Danny play this year, fair play to Danny. Another one yeah. a bit like Feeney. He's, he's had more clubs than Tiger Woods, hasn't he? Got, well, he's been a few, hasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Corinthians yeah. Air. Corinthians Air, Laxey. 
They played for Ramsey. I was going to say sure he he played for Ramsey. Yeah, as well, for yeah. Ramsey as well. Yeah, he's been around. Yeah, but he's doing dead well. I, d- I don't know if he's still top scorer. I think he is. League, I, think, is he, but... I don't know. Oh, did Air had a couple of games off, so I don't know if Galo's caught him up. Right. Okay. I think, he, I think Air have got a couple of games in hand, but it's it's a, he's up there anyways with Gayle. Yeah. Him and Gayle are uh, the two top goal scorers on the island. Yeah. So that's how your playing days come to end. So before we go on to the next area of which we've already touched on, what you think's good in Mike's football, got a question from one of your former teammates, Dave Bignall. Oh, Dave Bignall, yeah. And he just wants to know, do you know that Alan Kirby plays <laughs> left job? <laughs> I, I want to know what this is about, because Dave said this the other day, I've been curious about it. This is, it's, it's more, this is my, like, more a historic kind of joke when, when someone's late for the news or something like that, you know, it's yeah. like, oh, oh. You know, if someone comes in and says, oh, did you hear the news about this? And we all knew about it ages ago or whatever. Biggie, Biggie just used to come out with, hey, Healy, do you, do you hear uh, Kirbishley's left Charlton? And it's carried on. And through my, when I was obsessed with playing football manager on, yeah. the, on, the, on the computer, it came up across the screen once. Charlton sack Kirbishley. So I've got this screenshot from years ago, like dead old screenshot from, from my from my like one of the Nokia phones back in yeah. the day that were the, the first ones you could take a picture on. So it's a really bad picture. They're greedy. It's you cool. can hardly read it. Yeah. And each year it comes up on my memories and Biggie sends me a quick message or whatever. But yeah, Biggie the Terrier. Yeah. He would, he would kick a few shins. I'll tell you yeah. that. So yeah. we'll move on. So that's your day, your playing days. We have missed a little bit out of that though. You know, you've missed out your Braddon, your little gate. Your... Oh yeah, my little little cameo at Braddon, and, yeah. and that was again, that was all down to Thomas playing in the in the juniors and finding out one night that Braddon were on the verge of of not putting any team in yeah. for for a season. And my thoughts on that were, if you don't put any team in at all, you could fold. I mean, St Mary's, thankfully. I think they've got back. They they yeah, they, they, they did fold. They fold. They, they, yeah, they, 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 well, they did fold. They removed themselves from the league for a year because they couldn't field yeah, the team. They couldn't field a first team or a combi. Which my fear at Bradham was: if you don't do that once, yeah, you're never getting back from it. No. St Mary's have got the kind of attraction of the ball and everything they've else. They've got the ball, and to be fair, yeah. the people behind the scenes. I know, like Josh Evans is a the chairman there now. Yeah. But the Dooleys, the Dooleys have they've done a, so much yeah. for that club, and and you can go around. I mean, massive credit to the Dooleys, but you go around every club over here, and there's, there's that, every, that everyone's got group, a Dooley, everyone's yeah. got a stand, everyone's got yeah. you know a, a Mepham, Laxey have have got their boys. Yeah, you know. that's that's as a Monday club. That, yeah, the that, Monday club they all go down and do the pitch. My father-in-law, who's who's chairman of Laxey, Dave is is part of that Monday club, and. So um, he only goes down there to drown his sorrows from Everton getting beat. Yeah, Everton getting beat, and I think he takes all the leftover cakes from from Janet's Sunday roast when 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 I'm round on a Sunday. So yeah, every, every club's got those, and you know, without that, and without, like I said to yeah. to you before, with what you're doing, without that type of thing, thing things just fall apart. Yeah, and Braddon, unfortunately, it wasn't because they never had those people at the club. In my view. They got promoted. They battled so hard. I mean, they won everything yeah. that year. They got promoted. They battled so hard. Baby driver, you know, banging the goals in. Andrews at the back. You know, they had they had such a good team. They battled for the whole season. They kept themselves up, which th- yeah. this is the main thing for me is they kept themselves up. And a lot of them kind of went, 
nah, I'm not doing that again. And they, they, that they again. just went. And and do you know what? I don't blame them in a way. Yeah. But the club was on the verge of just to me disappearing. So it was it was a kind of a Facebook rally cry. Yeah. I put out there and I said, look, if anyone wants to just get into the game and have a kick about. have a kick about, I went down training. My first training session was actually after a two week holiday in Florida. So. Oh, Not was, what you need. It was awful. It was awful. But Matty Palmer, Watty, yeah, you know players like that. All but Palmer had a had a, a couple of seasons at Braddon as well, and there was players that just turned up from nowhere that were just like, yeah, do you know what? Go on, and we managed to get a combi team together. I only played a few games because yeah. it, basically it was a rally rally cry, and we'd managed to get enough people there, yeah, to kind of take the club forward for that season. But I do remember I was playing St. George's because we only put a combi in that year. Yeah. So we, we played St. George's and we rolled up at St. George's pitch and walked out. And this thing when players have been injured, back they came and Sean Quay, Sam Kane, Ringham was there. I think uh, Julian Ringham was there. Sean Quay, Sam Kane and Joey Morley. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they, they were all playing combi that week. And I was like, oh, for God's sake. Anyway, we only... I think we got we went one nil up. Yeah, we went one nil up, and I think we got beat four one in the end, something like that. But do you know what? And it was so enjoyable, and it, I was it say, made me think, oh, why did I quit? Well, yeah, get the ball I, back a little. I bit. I quit because I had a slip disc in me back, and really, Thomas was only eighteen months old, and I couldn't. If I played on a Saturday, I couldn't pick him up off the floor till like Wednesday or something oh, like that. So, so to me, it was a no brainer just to just to give it all up, but. Things like that, those little cameo appearances yeah. made me think, oh. And you got the one with Thomas, didn't you, as well? I got that, yeah. I got that friendly with Thomas. I came on at half time and it showed them up. No, I didn't really. I didn't really. <laughs> the, the first thing that happened was one of their players knocked the ball down the wing and off he went. And I was trying to chase him and I could just hear John Coppel and, and my mate Richard Chatham laughing on the, on the sidelines at me. And yeah, it was just, I just wanted to play at half with Thomas. Then, isn't it? They never had enough kit, so the guy that had come off at half time swapped his shirt. Oh, it was it was soaking wet. It was it was disgusting. I was freezing. It's not for more. And that was that was up. one where I thought, nah, it's not for me. And I go back to <laughs> it was actually on here. We were playing old boys for Braddon Combi, and the rain was coming down. I even asked the ref halfway through the game, look. Is this going to carry on? Because I can't see my boots. We, yeah, we yeah. were sinking in the pitch. I think One it of was Buckley, uh, Buckley specials. Buckley's got the game on. That's yeah. what I always used to call them at all points. Yeah, and I think, I think the Stewarts were back. Oh, when they come back from Australia. I think the Stewarts were back. Yeah, and we were getting the, the Coxon was playing. We were. I getting, think it was probably that year. Old boys won the junior cup. Yeah, we and you had the, you had like Coxon, literally running rings round us, yeah. running rings round us, and I, I've never in my life asked a referee to stop a game, <laughs> but I asked him in this one, and my 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 late great friend Paul Yates, God bless him, our goalkeeper took a goal kick, and it was a really bad goal kick, and it came along the floor at me at centre back, and I tried to kind of hoof it over my shoulder to to clear it, and I just hoofed it straight up in the air. And as it came down, one of the stewards went in one-on-one, -on -one, knocked it in, and the rain was pouring down. And I just heard my mate Yatesy laughing from the car. I looked over, and he's got a picture of, he had a picture of me, just with my arms dangling down. Soaking wet. Kids soaking wet. Yeah, yeah. At like 42 years of age, or 43 years Can't of age. Yeah. And 
it was just, yeah, that man does not want to be there, was was the picture he sent me. Got to, got to do it, have it, yeah. <laughs> but in my view, it kind of saved Braddon for, for yeah. that season. And then the next season, they managed to get themselves back in order. And, and now they've got these, got these junior, junior lads coming through. And I think they've got their, their centenary. Is it their centenary or 75 years, maybe? Next year, is it set? There's a dinner this year. There's a dinner. In, is it 2024? Yeah, it could I, be 2024. I think there's a dinner this year, I think yeah. It is for yeah, so it's it's their centenary this year. So fair play to them. Again, they've got the guys behind the scenes, Shane and all them boys. Steve Goldsmith. Gold, the Goldsmiths and the, uh, yeah, the, the, they're a good set. They're a good set of lads. It's just a shame that pitch is... Where it is. It, it, it's where, where it is. Though, where it, it is. They've managed to cut down some of them trees over the last couple of years i think so still they, not managed to cut down that one that's a bit controversial was it they've had a couple of assists on yeah it this year. I, i've seen that this year and i think that's why that corner of the pitch is so bad the water drips down off them trees yeah and and yeah. i think as well you get the runoff from st george's up that because it's you don't realize how steep that yeah. drop off is from up there as well it's just in a well i do because when we trained up there under 14s when that ball went over you had, there. you had to go and get it and you were down there Some, sometimes you'd miss the whole training session because you were trying to find this ball and he wouldn't let you come back yeah. wouldn't let you come back unless you found the ball yeah. so fetch your own shit kind of thing yeah yeah definitely yeah so right we'll move on we've touched on it already this is the part where we talk about the good and bad what you think is good and bad amounts of football at the moment absolutely I think the yeah. good part you've already covered that really with, with FC Alaman the good part yeah FC Alaman the juniors now getting their chance the, the the players that were kind of on the peripheral of of being, you know, the the best at the club yep. are now the best at the club, you know. So it's given them a bit of a boost. The first couple of months when I was down watching, it was a shock. The standard had just kind of gone down yep. down a little bit, and uh, people won't mind me saying that because you've you've basically took all the best players out. So it's it naturally going to do yeah, that. If, if you take the best of anything away, it's never going to be as good as it yeah, was, was it? Till well, people get back up to speed. Unfortunately for us Corinthians, we just become the best team on the island, yeah. and to then take all of that away, it was harsh. It was. It was, it was harsh. But you know, FC Alaman is is something that we've always wanted to happen on the island we've wanted that team to be going across and well, you know I think I'd say George has tried it years ago and, and stuff in St. George has gone it for a bit yeah, I think they yeah. played in the Vars old boys played in the Vars yeah you and, know and they, that, they was, had, they that was kind of what they always wanted that and, yeah. and FC Alamans now come along and, and like I say pe some people are obsessed by it and and so they should be. They should be. They should be happy with it. Proud of it. You know the the work that Jill Christian and all the committee and you know there's so many people volunteer oh, it's, it's mad. week like, in I, week I, out. I see it week in week out. Like I'm quite fortunate. I volunteer with my. I write a lot of their match reports and stuff for them. You know, I help them out when I can. And you don't see like I get down there probably five o'clock on a Saturday, quarter past five. Yeah. And there's people putting out banners around the outside. The stewards. It could be piss and rain, and they're stood outside. You've got like the ambulance people, and then you've got. All the people upstairs as well that you don't see, you know, you all you see is the 15 lads, 16 lads on a Saturday, yeah. Jonesy and who's in the dugout. Yeah. You don't see what's gone on behind the scenes to make sure they've got a shirt on their back. Yeah, they've got yeah. enough money to go on that plane, to go away. You know, yeah. there's a lot of work. Going no, it's brilliant. The there's scenes. a lot of work. There's a lot of, you know, a lot of money gone into it as well. And, you know, there's the sponsors that they're getting. Yeah. You know, you can't do stuff like this without without the backing, financial backing of, of 
things like that. So they're doing all the right things. I've seen recently the sponsorship with the Steam Packet packet as well. Brilliant to get them on board because that'll help in the the, the better months, as we say, if that that boat's going. Well, it Uh, goes, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but uh, yeah, FC Alaman being the facilities, the facilities over here now for me is massive. Again, we trained on that tiny little part of St. George's pitch, which was just a bog yeah. during the winter. Now you've got the bowl, you've got Bema Hague, you've got all the Astro pitches around Col- the Colby, island. I think Colby's a big testament Colby's to that. Colby's brilliant. Colby's, yeah. Col- you know, massive clubhouse. They've got the Astro turf. Yeah. I think they've got three pitches down there. Yeah. You know, Peel, they've got the Tommy Klukas there now. I know, God rest his soul, Dorsey, Kelvin Dawson. Yeah, Dorsey's name on it. And, you know, again, those boys that have, have put all that together, they must be very proud to see Dorsey's name and Tommy Lucas's name as well, because they've, they've put a lot of, a lot of blood, sweat and tears into all of that. And, yeah. um, that community center is absolutely fantastic. It's and a great setup. Yeah. Isn't it? I know uh, Neil Kane and the boys have, have done so much for that and they're, they're brilliant lads. Yeah. Again, on the football pitch, I might not have said that, but, but off the um, pitch, but off know, the pitch. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, so we used to play, you look at Corinthians now up at Balafletcher, yeah. we played, a lot of people might not know this because they all just think St. Corinthians have played at Balafletcher forever. Nobles Park, that pitch Nobles the Park, there. where they put the VIP tent at TT, TT week, that I, was our pitch there and we used to have to go on before the game and, and well, I take, the dog, take the dog muck off. Well, um, probably just after use, when I was a kid, I was probably 10, I think, I must have been under 12s. Quilly, you know, Mike Quilly. Yeah, yeah. Quilly used to live a couple of doors up the road from me and he used to coach the under 12s with Billy Crow. Yeah, well, Quilly, so I, Quilly was our manager for, for a while Tommy, as well, yeah. 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 So I had Quilly, Quilly used to, in his, I think he's still got the same work van now that he had back then. Yeah, it's OMS one. Yeah, yeah, it's OMS one. He yeah. used to, honestly, we, there must have been about 10, 10 of us in the back of that van, yeah. covered in plastic, covered in all sorts. We'd go down that pitch and we'd down it at nine o'clock on a Saturday morning. He didn't care if it was rain and whatever. Yeah. Pick the dog shit up go and trade on it for an hour. And you know what? That pitch was horrible. It was awful. It was it on was a awful. slant. Yeah. It had, if you were playing right back, you couldn't see, you couldn't see the top yeah. corner of the, of the opposite And you also, I like people, like we all know, and people, but younger people now won't realise, it waves, it goes up and down. Oh, yeah. So you could yeah. play a ball and it'd go in one of the divots, but it wouldn't roll up the other side of it at some times. It no. Was, it was, was mental, that pitch. Awful pitch. And the trees behind the goal, like it's like at Brandon, the trees behind the goal used to overhang. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, we we played St. George's and we actually beat them. I think it was 4-3. We beat St. George's on that pitch and it was the it was the Callum Morrissey yeah. St. George's team and uh, myself and Kev Harding were playing centre-back and... Uh, we were marking Cal that day and he, he said after the game, what a good job we'd done on him, which to me was brilliant. Cause, but anyway, we were, we were 4-3 up and I think they were going trying to go the whole season unbeaten. Yeah. And we got five minutes from the end and Duna was taking a goal kick and he, Duna's kicking was, um, he'll say it himself, was atrocious. And he kicked one into the tree. Anyway, the ref gave a drop ball. So the next time the ball went out, I said to Duna, kick it in that tree again, Duna. And we kept doing it. And Bassie, <laughs> Bassie Senior on the sidelines and Bassie Junior, they were going absolutely mental. But we were just like, just keep kicking Play it in that tree. Keep, keep getting that drop ball. I think we had about three or four drop balls on the, on the trot. And, uh, and we ended up winning the game. And it was unheard of because, again, we were we were right down the bottom yeah. of the league. Geordies were the top. And that's what, that's, 
that's what we loved about it. Every now and again, we could turn Get up and do, do something like that. Yeah. And uh, to walk away with the with the win against Geordies, yeah, we were, they hated us for that. So we'll move on. Okay. We've talked about the good amounts of football. What do you think at the moment in Manx football is not so great? What, what? The bad thing in Manx football, parents, parents on the sideline, not just in junior football, it's starting to creep into, into Manx football as well, into junior, uh, senior football as well, I think. Parents just need to leave, leave their kids to it. Yeah. Let them, let them develop in the team with their teammates and with their coach. If you want to go and be a coach, be a coach, but... If you want to start shouting things at your own kid on the sideline, don't bother because it's the worst thing that could ever happen to a kid is having their yeah. parents shouting, you know, instructions you know, they, at them. They wouldn't go to school. They wouldn't walk into the school classroom, would they? Yeah. And tell them one plus one equals three. No. Do you know what I mean? That's the way. I, that's that's it, the example I always use. Yeah, and it infuriates me because you develop in your own way and you develop in, in your, your teammates' way. You know, you become a team. I've seen kids getting dragged off at half time by their parents to have, a to, to have a word on them. And the rest of the lads are in the changing rooms chatting to the chatting to the coach and the coach is giving instructions and they're still outside the changing rooms getting a getting an earful from the parents. So I, I yeah, to me just give give it up or or go and coach yourselves. Go and coach another team that doesn't have your doesn't yeah. have your kids in it. There's there's a lot of coaches out there that that do have, you know, their own kids in the in the teams and they've they've got the right they've got the right attitude yeah. and they're they're coaching because they love coaching. But to me it's the ones that don't coach. I used to, I used are, to hate that when I was coaching junior football. It's parents like I've I've gone out of my way to go and learn how to teach these kids how to play football. Absolutely. You've gone and watched Sky Sports in a pub with your mates on a Saturday yeah. afternoon. Yeah. It's completely different yeah. trying to coach kids than it is to what you see on the telly. And yeah. I get where you come from. Parents don't realise these kids aren't developed. You're developing the kids. What you're watching and what telling them to do is what a developed football. Yeah, do. that's at the end of the end of their development is is the, the, the stuff yeah, the yeah. stuff that you're expecting them to do. And I, you know, I myself, I've 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 had a son go all the way through junior football. I didn't want to shout things at him. Mm. I'll have a little chat to him after the game and ask him, you know, how how did how did you think you played? Yeah, and I might mention, oh well, do you remember when you had the ball here? possibly could have gone out wide or done this and you know just well, just a I little chat that, to them that, that's a, as a parent that's a chat you're yeah, having with your little, child you know chat to them but it's it's after the game and i i think that's a good thing to like you know anyone's day-to-day -day job you don't go into work and then your boss sits down and goes you're great at that you're great at that but then don't ask her a question on yeah. how you can progress if they're doing that they're not managing you yeah. are they it's you know you're just managing their expectation as well because as a parent, you don't want to see them down and upset, but you are being realistic with them at the same time. Say, actually, if you've done this, it might help, you know, when you go forward, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's why I never went into coaching. Never, no. never wanted to go into coaching. I did manage Corinthians first team for a little bit with John Coppel when they were on the verge of getting relegated. Nick Cowell had done everything he could and yeah. he, he put his hands up and said, look, I'm done. Me and Johnny Coppel dropped in till the end of the season we ended up staying up yeah we got a little bit of a bit of a thing for it and we thought should we do it next season and we did we went into the next season signed ross williamson oh yeah signed ross, ross williamson Stone. who was an absolute unit and we thought we thought we're gonna we're gonna win the league with this team and unfortunately after about you know we had jamie Stoy playing there and 
unfortunately, after uh, about six or seven games, we were going down to Castletown, AstroTurf, on a Thursday night yeah. at eight o'clock, and there was four or five people there. And me and Koppel both had young kids, and we just went, look, we can't we can't do this anymore. Not for you anymore. Yeah, Johnny Mac come in, and they, they, they managed to stay up and... Yeah, going back to, sorry, I'm going back over old ground, but that what Corinthians then built was yeah. was unbelievable. And that, that team that they had that have now all pretty much gone to FC Alaman, that was yeah. so good. Luke Murray, Steve Whitley, Sean Doyle. I mean, Sean Doyle is unbelievable. Seen as a centre-back by some, well. <laughs> I heard, but then went in up front for for the for the same team and ended up scoring 50 odd goals wasn't it or something for, for FC Alamo what a player what a player Luke Murray is Luke, Luke and Luke's just getting back into his football now I was speaking to him the other day yeah he isn't he's gone back to St John's to just enjoy his football again and get try and get back into it just to play with his mates and yeah. um kind of take it a little bit easy I think the intensity is causing him a little bit of an issue even even now it's causing him a few issues but he's 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 able to manage it he's able to manage it and yeah the the quicker we see luke back in an fc alaman shirt the better yeah so let's yeah hopefully he gets everything sorted and yeah and that that's one of them things so what we'll do is i i'll go on to the our select seven which is your seven aside team next all right yeah yeah we will will do that and i i'll just took so me ages, by the way. It took does. Me ages. But just so everyone that's listening knows, we normally end on this. This week, we're not going to end on it. I'm going to have this like seven, and we're going to chat about Crane's Armstrong Foundation as well, because it'd be wrong of me to have Paul here and not do that. So we'll start with your select seven. So you know the rules for this, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. So it's. Which made it very difficult. Yeah. So it's seven. It's a seven aside team. Yeah. Your goalkeeper can either currently be playing or be retired. You've got to choose three outfield players that are still playing in Manx football on a Saturday and three that are retired now that don't play on a Saturday. Yeah. Your manager can be whoever the hell you want. So we'll start off with your keeper. Okay. So the goalkeeper, I mentioned them before, because it's a seven-a-side team, yeah. there's not going to be any crosses, I don't think. So I'm going to go for Duna. Christian Chalamari was successful at Geordie's, played with me at... Corinthians for years I can still hear him shouting away every time a cross came in because he didn't want to come for it but for a seven aside team you need a shot stopper and he was definitely a shot stopper Duna and to have him in the dressing room as well he was such a laugh I mean he's obviously still such a laugh but I don't get to see him as much as I would like nowadays but when I do he's still got that same category and that is he's a top lad he was a great goalkeeper there are others that, that I did think about. You know, Blairo was in that very successful Blacksy team. But I've gone for Duna. Just, like I say, seven aside, no crosses. Fair enough. He doesn't have to come for anything. We'll, we'll go with that. And he might get a drop ball off a tree sometime. And he's got, he he's got a pretty decent defence in front of him as well. So, so yeah. Right. So we'll move on to your defence. Okay. We'll go with your first player that's currently playing still. So my first player that's currently playing is in defence, and that is Johnny Myers. He's moved to he's moved to centre back now. When he played in midfield, he was unreal. When he plays up front, he's unreal. I played a Vets game against him a couple of years back, for maybe three years back. It was his for, well. Whenever he turned thirty five, it was one of his first games. Did he played for Peel. No, he played for Onken. Was he Onken? He played for Onken, and he scored a hat trick, or maybe even four. And he's just, you know, even now he's 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 pulling St George's out. He's 
Rolls Royce, isn't he? Like, yeah. he, you know, people talk about Rolls Royces in football. Yeah. Manx football, he's a Rolls Royce amongst football. Yeah, isn't he? and I remember him when he first came back, and he kind of revitalised that whole St George's team. Him and some others. Yeah, you can't. I got, we were dominated by St George's, so you know he was always going to be in my team. A great lad as well. So, who's your next player that's now retired? So, my next player that's now retired is I'm going to have to go. I'm going to have to go up top now. That's um, fair enough. I'll go, where am I going? Where am I going? It's always tough, this one. Yeah. No, I had it in my head and I've lost one of them. It's Callum. Callum, Callum Morrissey. Morrissey. Again, same as Myers, really. Completely revitalised, completely regenerated that team and he'll tell you how good he was. Oh, he's, he's um, not shy about that, is he? Yeah. He, he probably did it with his sock off as well. He'll tell everyone how good he is. Well, he's got someone, uh, he's, he's bench pressing someone above his head, but... Again, another loose, as loose as you can get, oh. this fellow. But he was one of the toughest players I ever played against. And don't get me wrong, I did play. I played against Rick, Rick Holden. Yeah. I played against Langy and the boys. But I played a lot more against against Callum. So I, I, I knew I knew exactly what his strengths and weaknesses were. And there weren't many weaknesses. And he'll tell you that as well. Yeah. So, yeah, I've gone for Callum. Bang up top. I've got Myers at the back. Doing a net. So yeah. we'll go on to your next. Who's your next current player? So current player, we've just we've just talked about Luke Murray. So I'm sticking Luke bang in the middle on his own. Yeah. Hopefully he doesn't have to do too much <laughs> and over overexert himself. But yeah, I'm going for Luke in there. So we'll go with Luke. Yeah. Yeah, Luke in the middle. He's played up front. He's played out wide. He's played everywhere. He's whatever he is, six foot. So six foot five, six foot six, whatever he is, I don't know. He's he's ridiculous. He's he's he reminds me of Ivan Drago from uh, Rocky. from Rocky. Yeah, he's just he's just a unit, isn't he? Yeah. But he's also a bloody good footballer. Technically, very good. Technically, you know, I mean that overhead kick you put, sums him up. You know what? You you put him, and I'll probably put Sean Doyle in the same category as Peter Crouchesque. You know, you don't real. You think these lads are tall; they're going to win everything in the air. Yeah. You don't realize how good they are with their feet. So talented, and I, I wouldn't even put. I wouldn't even say he's he's not lanky. No, he's because he, he's built like a unit as well, and he's just yeah. To me, obviously, I work with him. He's on the charity committee. He's he's a good mate of mine, but I've not seen a player like that for for some time. Yeah, and like I said before, the the sooner he gets back into Manx footy, the better because or or FC Alaman anyway, the better. Maybe not at St. John's. Well, you never know. <laughs> you never know. So we'll move on now. Who's your next retired player? So next retired player. So the next one is Lunty. Yeah. Had to put Lunty in because in my view, he was the best player that I ever played with. And some people will probably say he was the best they ever played against. He could run you ragged. Yeah. He would go, you know, when we when we trained on a Thursday night down the NSC, he'd go and put himself centre-back. So he could just get the ball off the keeper and then take everyone out. And some would call that selfish, but I just called it unbelievable because he would literally take everyone on all the way through yeah. and, and score. And that's what he did. And, you know, when he when he joined St. St. George's, I can't remember how many goals he'd scored, but it was it was up there in 19, 20 yard or whatever in a, in a in a ridiculous short space of time as well. And like I say, he would have gone on to massive things over here. If FC Alaman would have been a thing back then, yeah. he would have definitely been in it because he was, to me, he was the best player on the island. And 
the reason why he left Corinthians was he wanted to show that yeah. and he wanted to win things. Unfortunately, I think he only got to win one trophy maybe. I think it was just, just before he, he passed away. They they won one. I'm not sure if he had a season before that or not. I can't, I can't remember. Yeah, I, think, I can't. I think it was, it, I definitely think he won a charity shield. I can remember seeing a picture of Yeah, so maybe it was a charity shield. shield and then they won, they won the one around Easter time, whichever yeah. one that was. Yeah, big cup, isn't it? And then Easter. unfortunately he passed away and... We thought they might win the next trophy and they, they got beat on the day by Royals. Yeah. Which was massive shock, wasn't it? And um, that was that the team with Jake But that had the team with Gotham. Jamie Carr in as well. So yeah, God bless him. So, you know, fair play to them boys on the day. They turned up. They they took them they took them to it and they they beat them on the day in massive shock. I think it was a bit of big Manx football shock. That, that was, was definitely was massive, was it? But yeah. I remember the manor was the manor must have been absolutely rocking. I bet it was. Goth, yeah, told me some stories about it. And yeah, yeah. The the boys loved all that. So we'll move on now to your final current player. Okay, my final current player is I'm what I'm calling him current, and he is technically still current, but it's Chris Cannell. Yeah, I, he's he's, st- Noble's he's still he's still out injured and he's still registered. So I'm I'm saying he's still current. Yeah, I don't know whether he will be current for much longer because his his knees are his knees are gone. But what a player! Yeah, what a player! You could stick him centre back. You could stick him left back, centre mid, left mid, anywhere. Maybe not up front, but I I went down when I did go down the first season to watch FC Alaman when he never played. It was a completely different game. Yeah, when he did play, dominated whoever whoever came up against him. It's um, always been like that. Like I was, I'm I'm in the same year as Cannell at school, and I, I you know, yeah. I, we we grew up together through school. You know, even on like the ten, you know, the tennis courts at Saint Ninian's Upper School now. Yeah. Yeah. Even there on break time, you go around, and he, he wouldn't have hesi- any hesitation to throw you into that fence with his shoulder. You know, yeah, he, yeah. He, he's that desire to win a ball. Yeah, and you say tennis court, he probably could pick a tennis racket up, a badminton racket, yeah, a golf club. You know, he's one of them. Yeah, he loves which is what Lundy was. Lundy was the same. He'd, he'd pick any any kind of sport up. But I mean, make John Copples the same. Picks anything up and dead good at it. Yeah, and it really winds me up. Ah, uh, well, it's, it's it really winds me up. But yeah, Cannell, got, he's he's in there at the back with Myers. So I've gone with a with a one, a two, a one in the middle, and then I'm going for, for yeah. three attacking players. So, so I've well, got Luntley on the left. Yeah, we'll Callum up top. Your last one, your last retired. Player. And my last one is Steve Glover. God player. bless him. Steve, another super talented player. I would put him in the same ilk as Lunty on 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 his day. Not not as reliable to turn up some games, <laughs> but again, that was the that was the Corinthian goes back to that ilk that back part, in yeah, yeah doesn't back it? in the day. But but when he was on his game, you know, he, he again he left, went to St Mary's, played played for a, for a few yeah. a few clubs. But played, he went, I think he got went and won a gold cup at Pulley as well. Didn't yeah, he? yeah, yeah. And he was he was just such a great lad, such a great lad, and. He knew where the net was. He knew how to hold a ball up as well. He could hold you off. He could hold anyone off. But he was just such a talent and such a, a likable lad. And it, you know, while we're on the, the subject of Steve Glover, I think we should we should mention some of the charities on the island. You know, I, I'll listen and stand up to stand up to suicide and things like that. Yep. If if there are lads out there that do struggle, well, not just lads out there that do struggle, but you know, Steve was a prime example of that. Always happy as Larry. Always, anytime you see, you didn't know what was going on. Always fantastic it. to to see. I'd seen him on the boat a couple, a few months before he passed away, and or a few weeks before he passed away, and 
I hadn't seen him for so long and it was great to see him. And we had a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of an interaction on the boat. And then when I heard the news, it was devastating. And, you know, I, I mentioned Baby Driver before, it's, it's devastated his life. And I think some people forget that. And I think we need to, we need to kind of say to people out, you know, listen to these charities, speak up. Don't be afraid to speak Don't up. Don't be afraid to, to speak up. It? You know, it's it's when, one of them, you know. Yeah. Everyone has their struggles. You've got to talk about at some point. Yeah. It's, it's, it's going to help. When Craig died, we all went through that. A lot of us went through that. But we we had a very good social yeah. side of things at the time. And I think that's what got a lot of us through it. Because yeah. we could go to the pub together. We could talk about it together. We could cry together about it. And, yeah. you know, crying years ago was seen as you know a man, a man crying was seen as you know a weakness yeah but a man crying is just an emotion that everyone has and that I, I really wanted to get that out there tonight is you know I've, I've picked Steve not not for that reason I've picked Steve because he was such a good player but Steve has also shocked a lot yeah. of people from what happened and I, I just wanted to, to to kind of say to people you know as bad as you think it could be there's people out there, there's, there's charities out there and they're doing such a fantastic job. I, I met two, two Irish ladies from the, from the stand up to cancer a few, a few months ago and they were brilliant. They did, yeah. they, they, they did a stand up presentation on it all and, and they're just so keen to help. And like you say, the help's out there. So yeah, just wanted to get that out there. No, no, I, I, it's a great message to get out there as well, especially like the audience that we have is, is, you know, it is lads. It's, you know, there's a few things. They're, the majority are local lads that play football and I, I guarantee there'll be someone listening to this that is struggling yeah but they probably won't admit yeah. it so it's a great message to get out there mate and i i fully agree with that so what we'll do is now is i just want to know who manages that team me yeah. i'm managing it yeah yeah because i put it together so i'm going to manage it but you and, said you hate your coach no you're they're going to turn they're going to turn up to train in these lot you oh, see. all right <laughs> that way yeah it's the only reason you picked them really is it because yeah no i'm only joking i'm only joking it's got to be uh, for me Chris Bass, senior. He caused a massive stir when he when he was sacked at FC Alaman. Listen, they they, they went they went their it's separate ways, isn't it? Yeah, they went their separate ways. FC Alaman was successful, you know. Bassy, some people may say it's old school coaching, but he knew how to drill a team. I can still hear Chris Feeney going set, 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 and they, that's all they used to shout at each other. And it was all it was all. Pre-planned, yeah. you know the 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 way they played tactically was was all, you know, it was all down to him. Yeah, and yeah, Chris Bath, Com, Com, Chris Bath Senior is 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 the manager. I think Chris Bath Junior, what a player, by the way. His son, his son will probably follow in his footsteps. On I don't think. Yeah, any of their Basses, you know, I think Andy's got away from it a bit with the cycling, but Chris and Nick will always somehow find their way back into football. Yeah, absolutely. When he's when he's not cutting hedges, he'll uh, yeah, or yeah, someone. <laughs> yes, you know. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, well, that's another subject. Yeah, well, I hope you, I hope he's doing all right. He's all right now. He's injury, played, yeah. played against Jordy's. Oh, did he? All oh, right, he played up front for all boys. He's, he's back in thing. And Nick's beat, my mate. I can beat, say that. And beat St George's, so yeah. he, he loves doing that. Got to his dad's house after, as it is straight away. Yeah, you yeah. know he has. Yeah, well, his dad was down actually watching, so his dad would hate that. Yeah, but no. So I thought we'd see him back in coaching. Actually, I, I, I did think when St George's was struggling, I might we might see. Yeah, I think senior, but. I think it's probably just zapped him. You know, you know you've, says, you've I, seen Jurgen Klopp get zapped at Liverpool now from from putting all that energy I, into I it. I spoke maybe. to Senior not too long ago when I was just chatting to him. I was at a game watching it with him. And he said to me, he said, you know what he enjoys now? He's got the grandkids. 
Yeah. And what he does, he splits his time. So if Chris is playing one week, he'll go watch Chris. If Nick's playing the other week, he'll go and he'll alternate between them. Yeah. And he has a time with the grandkids what are at that game. So like last week, he had his whole tribe there. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone was there, but it was like a crash running around for him. But yeah. after that, yo, it was, it's, it's one of them. And I think he's just enjoying the time. Away. Nah, special but, times for him then, yeah. Yeah, he's, yeah, he just enjoys it. So, Healy, that was your football stuff. I can't not have you on and talk about the charity. You know, Craig's Armstrong Foundation. I, it's it's easy to say, but it saved lives, so many lives already. You know, it's not been around for a long time in the in the wider scheme of things. Yeah, yeah. You know, compared yeah. to other charities. But the work you guys have done, not just in football, you know, it started through football. It did, the, the passion came through football and that's yeah, how it yeah. started off. Yeah. But now across the island, you know, you're, your screenings, they sell out. Like, well, they don't sell out. They, they, the bookings go pretty much instantly, don't they? Yeah, you yeah, yeah. You announce it on, oh, they're going up at four o'clock on this day. They're gone by ten past four, you know, at the at the latest, and that's that's on a bad day. I think it was eight minutes, the, eight. the first one, yeah. It's mad. Yeah, so, a few years back, a couple of Let's couple Let's of go. How, how do you go from losing such a good friend as Craig to thinking we need to do something to raise awareness of this and, and develop this charity? Well, I mean, that that part of things was down to the family and, you know, Keith, Paula, Haley, and and Dean, they they kind of got us all together and said, look, we're, we're thinking of doing something. We want to do something in his memory. And it was it was pretty instant. It was yeah. only weeks after that they, they come up with this idea and we all met around the, around the kitchen table. It was good. It was just going to be to raise awareness of these conditions that Craig had. Because when we found out Craig had this condition and it was hereditary and and everything else, we'd never heard of it. No. And then all of a sudden, Craig's Craig's grandmother, bless her, she she would get sent all these paper, all these cuttings from the UK newspapers and things, and they were all getting sent across to us saying, "Oh, look, it's happened. It's happened yeah. here. It's happened here." And we'd never heard of it. Because they, they kind of said at the time it was all one in a million, Craig's conditions one in a million. Now, since we've been screening, we've found, I think it's five or six people that have got the same condition Craig had that are not related to him. Yeah. So the, the stats nowadays that Cry put out are 12 people a week die of an undiagnosed heart defect in the UK. So it's a, it's a huge killer. I think they used to put it down to like adult sudden death or yeah. they, they called it adult cot death. Uh, because they didn't really know they what was going on. They didn't on. understand it. Yeah. These people just didn't wake up. Yeah, but now the research is out there and cardiac risk in the younger doing so much of it that you are getting these results and, and you are able to, to screen and find them. So, like I say, it was just going to be awareness for these conditions to start yeah. with. And it, we were getting a lot of money in and kind of not having anything to spend it on. So Keith Lunt's brother is a doctor, Jeff, Dr. Jeff Lunt. I think he puts Botox in in the women nowadays. But, right. but he used to actually do the medical but, stuff. But, yeah, but he was he was a, a medical doctor, and uh, he said to he said to Keith and the family, "There's this charity in the UK called Cardiac Risk in the Young. Why don't you give them a shout? Because this is what they're doing." So they, we gave them a shout, and we got them over to the island to do a hard screening, and we we literally didn't really know what we were doing. They came over with all their technicians and. The first one was in the palace 
I went to one in the palace and I've been to one in the Sefton, I think. Yeah, so so the very first one was in the palace and we had to we had to build this cage and throw curtains over it and things, you know, for cubicles. Yeah. So the fact that we're in the hospital now makes it so much better and so much easier because you're going for a medical test in a medical, in a medical faci- facility. So but this was you were going through the Star Wars bar and you were sticking to the floor and Yeah. I remember it because I remember going in because it was dead dark in there. If yeah. I remember it, like it was. It was just a horrible yeah. room, really, to, to to have to go in and have a medical test done. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but this went on for years in 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 the hotels. But the very first one, Danny Oram actually came to. At, yeah. I think he was seventeen when he came, and all of a sudden we were just on the little reception area and all of a sudden the doctor came out and he was, you need to ring this guy's parents and get his parents here and get his family here. And we were all kind of blown away by it and no one kind of knew what was going on. Anyway, his parents came down and cut a long story short, he had a huge hole in his heart. I think the doctor said the biggest one he'd ever seen at the time. So Danny was like our first, big first one we ever found. Yeah. And, you know, in the, the couple of years after that, he was he was treated and he had his heart, yeah, you know, yeah. m- massive heart operation to fill it in. And now he's top, possibly top goal scorer in, in the, 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 the Alaman Premier League all those years on. So to me, that, that that's what we kind of set it up for. Yeah. And that that's kind of what it's done. So it was it was more of a case of let's test, let's yeah. test it and see how it goes. And that one went obviously yeah. so successfully that we tweak a little bit, a little bit of yeah. things every year uh, to make it run a little bit smoother. Well, it's, it's like but, we talked about at the start of the podcast, isn't it? Really, you yeah. Know, you can't not do something and not go for the improvement as yeah. well. Yeah, and as the years have gone on, and like I say, we've moved to to the better facilities up at the hospital now. Now we, Craig's Heartstrong, we just sit outside and give out free water bottles and show people where they're going and just have a chat to them, really, because the cardiac risk and the young guys are in the they're in the sweet day and they're doing everything yeah and we find out the results at the end of the weekend and and that is what we want if we didn't want to have to you know collect yeah. data and things like that and obviously with data protection nowadays anyway it's mad. Uh, it's mad so we're now you know after after starting off with that one and catching Danny in the first year we're now we've screened over 10,000 or we've we've done over 10,000 screenings now and found over 360 odd problems it's mad isn't it oh. i know a couple of people that have have had them a mate of both of ours Jonathan Bradley yeah yeah Do you know yeah bradley was he was 35 and thought i'll i've been tested before but i'll just go yeah anyway that's one he could go to i think last one he could ever go to and they had to restart his heart because and it didn't work actually the first time did it they didn't do that at the screening by the way if anyone's thinking that's what goes on yeah it's it's definitely he was found with a problem and uh he was referred and he had had to get referred and he's now i mean i haven't seen him for a while actually I, i seen him i was away with him Two weeks ago, three weeks ago, I went okay. to Liverpool Arsenal with him. Okay, so, so still, he, he can walk about. He, can, still he, he doing managed to get round London, yeah, and he managed to drink. So yeah, he's doing all yeah. right. Oh, that's good. That's good. He's still an awful football though. Got, still... get, get in, he got injured when we were away. Oh right, okay. So that yeah. tells you about everything you need to know about it. It does. It does. So yeah, so we again we got a few years in, and the money was just coming up. We were only doing one screen in a year, so we now do two. Yeah, and it's the biggest screen in that, that Cry do. Around the whole of the the UK, it's mental to um, think that what what were we in Ireland of eighty eight thousand people? Yeah, 
and they've got the whole of the UK. They've got the whole of the UK, biggest. but the, the Isle of Man screening is the biggest one they do. You know, we, we screen just under 400 people every time we do it over a weekend. Find We find people every time. So yeah. there's, always, there's always people being found. We then, again, had so much money that we didn't know what to spend it on, and Fabrice Moamba collapsed at Spurs. Yeah. And I was the in, defib. I was in here watching in this all we're at all boys clubhouse for anyone that's why we record these i was in here watching that that night so we we yeah. i've seen that on the telly so i remember it vividly and that that stuck in our head and it was kind of a light bulb moment kind of when we should buy defibs yeah for all the football teams on the island let's do that and that that went from football teams to rugby clubs to and then it just spread out from there and you know we've we've donated the, the last five that we've we got some fundraising in and the lady Annette kindly bought us five defibs recently. We've bought the boxes and they've all been distributed around the island now, Mad. which we're about to launch. Hopefully we get them all launched in February, which puts us up to 570 defibs around the island. And look at this, the space of this island. That's got to be the most defibs per like square meter. I think it's got to anywhere. be. It's, I would go as far to say it's anywhere in the world because you look at that on a small space, like the Isle of Man, the amount of area that's actually rural and not covered anyways. Yeah. You know, yeah. round up that that's a fantastic achievement, isn't it? It's yeah, like, no, it's, it's unbelievable. It's brilliant. And like like I've always said, you know, we we couldn't do it without the support of of the Manx public because some people just do fundraising for us off their own back. Yeah. We have our own fundraisers ourselves, which I'll, I'll, I'll tell you about our next one in a minute, but it's actually sold out, unfortunately. So we know, nobody, I, nobody, I know nobody else can join us. But without that support, we wouldn't be able to do it. And when we do get, you know, the, the funds up to a certain amount, because we always like to keep three years worth of heart screenings because yeah. those heart screenings cost us £27,500 each weekend that it's we mad. do. So you're talking, you're so, it's 54 grand a year, yeah. the two heart screenings. Yeah. And, and we, we have to keep a, a contingency you there for, for the next few years because Without the heart screenings, you know, we're not here to give defibs out on the island. We're here to heart, to, to screen hearts. But as an additional, you know, bonus to the charity, really, when we do have additional funds, we go out and we buy, buy a, a, a bunch of defibs and stick them out. And, and like I say, the, the next ones that are going out, we've got some really good places that they're going to. And we're dead happy and proud about them again. Yeah. That's what you need. It's just what you need, mate, isn't it? You yeah. Go out everywhere, send them out, do what you need to do. Yeah. In and an ideal world, world, there should be one on every street corner and, you know, every... We're never going to get to we're that. never going to get there. But we're never going to get there. But the we'll do what... Is what you've done as well is, like, for people that don't know, the map as well. Yeah. You know, the support you've had for that and where that's mapped as well. And yes. you know, people can see where they are. That's a massive, massive credit to dave scambler the ambulance service because he pushed for that for years and years and he put so much work into it came came across so much red tape and eventually we got it done and if you go on that map now which is um dfibs.im so it's www.dfibs.im you can zoom in on the map and see where all the dfibs are and the green ones are all the public access ones that, that yeah. the ambulance service will tell you about and the orange ones are the ones that are inside an office and available during certain times. So if you've got a defib and you don't know whether you've registered it or not, have a look. And if it's not registered, get it registered because it could, someone could collapse outside your work. You've got one inside that's not registered. The ambulance service won't send anyone in there. But if you've got it registered and it's between nine and five or whatever yeah. times you've put on there, 
they'll send them in. Yeah. They'll say, go in, go in this office here and go and get theirs. And um, the the chance of survival goes from something like 20%, 70, 80, 90, Man. just because you've got a defib handy. So we won't stop with the defibs. If we've, if we've got the funding, we won't stop and we'll put, we'll, when we hit a thousand, I'll be, I'll be re very happy. Yeah. But you know, 570 at the moment. So going up. We're happy with that, yeah. And what I'll do is, is when I put this podcast out, I'll put the link to that on as well so people can see it. and see, yeah, yeah, brilliant. It's nice and easy to find. I'll put the link to Craig's website as well, yeah. and the, the foundation. Yeah. Um, so we mentioned the fundraisers. Yeah. I can't not have you in and talk about them. Um, some of them have been legendary over the years. Yeah, we've had some absolute belters. I mean, we've got a lot of Liverpool connections, so yeah. the fact that we've had quite a lot of Liverpool dinners, John Aldridge, John Barnes. Soonest. I would do Soonest. Jamie Carragher was just, that was unreal. That was unreal. But then we've had Big Dunk. Yeah. Again, another, you know, we've we've had the, the boys from Soccer Saturday. In the early days, we had Bobby Charlton. Yeah. No, sorry, Bobby Robson in Bobby the early Robson days. And, and Peter Shilton. You know, these are these are proper proper legends of the game that we've had. And yeah. unfortunately, we've kind of built it up every year. We're, we're running, trying, we're running out. Is. We're running out of that type of, footballer now because we've had a lot of them but we've we've got ideas for this year we're hoping to have a ball this year yeah we're not quite there yet so we've not we've not put anything together yet we're still trying to to get a good enough player over yeah i think that the last time the last two years that we've done it we've we've had three players because we're trying to Without getting that one caliber of player, you have to get three of them together yeah. or something like You've that. You've got to have so, a bit of camaraderie on yeah. the page to to engage everyone. Yeah, basically. absolutely. So we're working on something this year, but in in the meantime, we've gone for a golf day on the I think it's the tenth of May. Yeah, we've got a golf day down at Ramsey. All the teams are booked up, and we've got um, ex Liverpool players Bruce Grobelar, Phil Thompson, John Aldridge, and Alan Kennedy. So some. Real big trophy winners in there. Just John sure. Aldridge, Phil Thompson. We've we've actually had over before. Phil's actually a good friend of mine now, and yeah. helps me out with a lot of things. He helped me out with the Carriker dinner all those years ago. So, and I've got I've I'll, I've got a personal thing with John Aldridge. Like he was fantastic. Like not many people know my dad was ill, and John sent a video message. Oh, for John. Him. And do you know what? It was one of the last things he had me, and it was fantastic. I've still got a message on my phone. Oh, that's still got fantastic. Video. Yeah, he, John. Do you know what? John's unbelievable. And he made it dead personal as well. Like it, he is fantastic yeah. off the pitch. Yeah. Well, he's yeah, he's over in May, and he's helped us out with a few bits and bobs over the years as well. Yeah. So he's the top guys. Bruce Grobelar was from that legendary 80s. got to make sure he doesn't have a piss on in the 86. <laughs> yeah, that 86 FA Cup final is, is like one of my first ever memories of football. So to have him as well and, and Kennedy, a, a European Cup winner, it's just a fantastic event. See how good they are on the golf course, though, because they're all, they all talk about it going down Formby and playing, don't they? They do, don't they? Yeah, we'll see about that. But oh, can, they do it, can they do it on Ramsey on a Sunday, <laughs> yeah. Friday afternoon? Yeah. yeah, we'll see about that. But yeah, there's a bit of a, a bit of food afterwards and they're going to do a, a Q&A and everything else there. And we're hopefully going to raise a, a shed load of money for, for Craig's Heartstrong. And uh, the sponsors there, Doug Skinner from Kenya Skinner, Skinner. Yeah. Cedar, oh, Alex, Alex Burnett at Cedar, Standard Bank, Peter Dixon and the boys at Standard Bank. And uh, we've got Man Crane Hire as well, yeah. which is very nice of them to come to come forward as well. And, and a guy that's actually been affected by, by heart problems as well over the years. So, 
yeah, we're we're really. I don't play golf, no. So this golf day is something that's it's so new to me. But I've got a lot of golfer friends that are going to help out and and put things together for you. Can us, just so. walk around and push a bag cart, yeah, a little caddy for the day. I won't be walking anyway. I'll have I'll have a little. Oh, uh, is I'll, that this this I've already, when you've I've already the contract, booked, was it? I've already booked a caddy, yeah, a, 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 a buggy, little buggy, a little buggy for the day. Oh, yeah. Part of the T's and C's when you start. Yeah. We'll use your golf course, but can I have a buggy? That is definitely the T's and C's, mate. Yeah, well, we'll be we'll be taking the uh, the bottles of Budweiser for them all. Round, oh, yeah, around the course, a little so. cooler on the back. Yeah, yeah. So that, that that's exciting for us and. Like I say, hopefully we raise raise a lot of cash and that cash goes straight back into the Alaman community as always. And that's what you need, mate, isn't it? So yeah. that's everything, isn't it, mate? You know, we, we've covered everything here. We've covered your football, what we think about Manx 40, that seven-a-side team that I don't think anyone would ever want to play against. Yeah. The charity, yeah. the fantastic work you guys do, I, I can't praise it enough. You know, I've had a couple of screenings with you. If you get the opportunity and you're in the age group, I would 100% recommend getting them screenings. It's 20 minutes of your life. That could save your life yeah. at the end of the day. You know, you go in, shave your chest if you're going in before because <laughs> it fucking hurts when they rip the stuff off. But after that, it's fantastic. You know, yeah. it's what the work you're doing, the work you've done for the community, especially the footballing community, you know, everything. I can't thank you enough, mate. I appreciate it. And it, it, it's been a fantastic thing. So we've, here, got, we've got a great committee behind us now as well. We've yeah. got, there's there's 10 of us on that committee now. So I'm, I'm getting help from all angles. So. And you're getting the drive and, you know, yeah. different ideas as well to drive that forward. Yeah. Can't, can't ever be a bad thing, yeah. can it? Yeah, no, appreciate it. So Healy, thank you very much for your time tonight, mate. It's been a belter of a podcast and yeah, cheers, mate. Thanks for having me. Cheers. No, cheers, cheers, mate. Thank you.